0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest VODcast, and this is going to be on a subject that is becoming more common, which is small bowel gist tumors, and if you look at some of the statistics, the number of gist tumors has increased fourfold over the past 20 or 30 years, and we're seeing a lot more of them. It's very easy to miss them, and it's important to recognize how they look because management will depend on your detecting. Now, it's the most common me- mesenchymal tumor of the GI tract. It's increased in certain situations, particularly neurofibromatosis 1, and those are typically seen near the ampulla. In terms of just tumors, they're most common in the stomach, about 60 to 70%, followed by about 20 to 30% in the small bowel. They may present as a cause of GI bleeding when the lesions are smaller and they're very vascular and larger tumors are usually of higher grade than smaller tumors. Recent article talking about just tumors, typically well-circumscribed tumors and usually arise from the muscularis propria of the GI tract. Classic tendency is for exophytic growth, especially since they arise from the outer layer. There is usually some growth toward the lumen, however, as up to 50% of just will exhibit mucosal ulceration on luminal surface. Now, I would say that the majority of stomach gist tumors are exophytic and very, very large. And we're not gonna speak about stomach gist tumors. We've discussed that in other talks. We're only talking about small bowel. And for the most part, although not always, most of the um, gist tumors I see in the small bowel, particularly away from duodenum, but even in duodenum, tend to be within the lumen. Now, the size of these GIST tumors is variable, ranging from several millimeters to over 30 centimeters. And again, the larger the lesion, the more likely it is to be aggressive. And up to 30% of GIST tumors have poor prognostic factors. Size greater than 5 cm is usually the one quoted. Heterogeneous enhancement, mesenteric fat infiltration, ulceration, and adenopathy or an exophytic growth pattern all become important in that regard. Now, when you look at malignant risk factors, I mentioned size, and stomach just tumors, particularly this exogastric location, and of course, extension into adjacent organs, becomes very critical. It's interesting, age-wise, 50 to 60s is the typical age, unless it's familiar, then it's younger. I mentioned GI bleeding, but abdominal pain, palpable masses, sometimes an incidental finding are all possible. About two-thirds of patients in one series had symptoms related to tumor size. The smaller the tumor, the least likely the patient is to be asymptomatic. And interestingly, uh, just tumors, even when they're large, rarely cause small bowel obstruction. We talk about some of their specific pathologic conditions. The vast majority express a mutant form of CKIT, CD117, that can be detected on routine staining. CKID is a growth factor receptor with tyrosine kinase activity. It's thought that the mutations in the CKID gene are causative for developing just tumors, and these uh, CKID is found in both malignant and benign tumors. And remember, the tyrosine kinase activity is what we go after when we try to treat these patients with Gleevec. This article recently by Ka, Almost all GIST tumors express active kit receptor tyrosine kinase mutants, which are crucial for their diagnosis. The, constitu- the constitution expression of CD117 also distinguishes them from other tumors. So that CD117, you'll hear pathologists like Ralph Rubin speak about that all the time. And again, the fact that just can arise anywhere uh, makes it a somewhat interesting tumor, but it's often not that... Uh, common in people's experiences, and so it can easily be overlooked. The smaller tumors are obviously easier to overlook. They may be submucosal. They may have minimal enhancement. Uh, It can be somewhat challenging. We find that post-processing does make it easier to detect these lesions. And again, um, we talk about just tumors both in the duodenum as well as other locations in the small bowel the duodenum tends to be an unusual tumor in the sense it can be confused with other pathologies including a pancreatic mass and I'll show you some of these duodenal tumors in my experience the patients with GI bleeding usually have uh, tumors in jejunum or ileum not in the uh, duodenum just tumors well-defined average diameter seven centimeters most common second portion of the duodenum ulceration common, calcification uncommon, rim enhancement and mixed enhancement were common, arterial blood supply, venous blood supply, also very nicely seen, though you don't see neovascularity. And again, this article talks about the importance of being able to define the vascular map, which we can do with 3D imaging. Uh, again, uh, when you th- talk about the lesion size, the further down in the small bowel you get, typically the lesions are smaller, but again, that's not always going to be the rule. If you look at attenuation, uh, it's variable. Some of the GIST tumors are homogeneous. In the 90 Hounsfield unit range, some are very vascular, up to 150 to 180. So They really are two different patterns. The ones that are vascular tend to be vascular arterial phase and become lower density in venous phase imaging. Now, if you think about the duodenum, I like this example because this was referred to us as a pancreatic mass. At first glance, it looks like pancreas, but there's no dilated common or pancreatic duct, which makes pancreas unlikely. It's also very well defined. Maybe it's a neuroendocrine tumor, but it's not vascular. You look at a coronal, it pushes but does not invade the portal vein, and you look at it on the vascular map, look how nice the GDA is, the hepatic artery. Again, the mass is smooth pushing but not invading, and when you look at everything together, you can see the MIP imaging, there is some increased enhancement within the mass, and this was a GIST tumor, okay, simulating a pancreatic mass. Another example, this patient also was referred to us as a pancreatic mass but when you look at the lesion it could be a pancreatic mass I admit here it's enhancing a bit and if it was a pancreatic mass I would have said a neuroendocrine tumor but when you look at it from the coronal view you see it appears to be extra pancreatic yes it is vascular but just tumors are classically vascular and here it almost looks like it's pushing not even arising from the duodenum but it's one of those exophytic lesions and again, if you told me this was a large node or something else, I would have a hard time arguing with you. But again, well-defined enhancement, not a causing obstruction, exophytic, it was a gist tumor. Or here's another example. This is a great case, again, referred to for a mass. They weren't sure what it was because if you look carefully, you have about a 5 cm mass that's arising from the duodenum, but it's laterally. It's not by the medial wall simulating a pancreas. So. We would not confuse this with a pancreatic mass, but what could it be? The coronals are very nice. The lesion is enhancing, peripheral enhancement. The lesion's solid, it's not obstructing the bowel. There's increased vascularity on the arterial phase imaging. Just a beautiful example of a vascular mass. You can say, well, what could this be? Could it be a carcinoid tumor? I guess it could be, but there's no desmoplastic reaction. Carcinoids are often more intraluminal. This is so exophytic. What gives you exophytic mass is lymphoma, but honestly, it doesn't look like lymphoma. And if it was lymphoma, it's kind of too vascular. Metastasis, perhaps metastatic melanoma, can look like anything, so that would be a possibility. But you look at this case, you look at it on the cinematic rendering, solid but cystic and necrotic centrally. You see the wall invasion, very nice example of a GIST tumor of the duodenum. So this article, again, concluding primary gist tumors, large, well-defined, heterogeneously enhancing, and hypervascular with a prominent mixed growth pattern on CT, uh, findings suggest that CT can detect the origin of the tumoral arterials and veins in the arterial phase, which is key to defining the diagnosis. I think it has a very classic appearance. And so the diagnosis, as long as you think about it, is not going to be that hard. Now, of course, it's always a challenge because what are we thinking about with duodenal gists? Think about the cases I just showed you. Maybe duodenal adenocarcinoma, though it's a bit vascular. Maybe lymphoma. Maybe those are all bulky nodes or maybe it's an exophytic mass. And then, of course, pancreatic head carcinoma are all possibilities. Now, gist tumors, as in this case, can be very large. It's interesting with large gist tumors, they often don't obstruct. They have ulcerations like in this case. Now could this be an adenocarcinoma? Could it be lymphoma? Could it be metastatic melanoma? The answer is all possibly yes, but very nice example of ulcerations and the appearance you got to be thinking about a gist tumor, large bulky mesenteric mass, no desmoplastic reaction. You got to be thinking about a gist tumor. Now I mentioned before that gist tumors are associated with GI bleeding. And, again, we talk about the difficulty of detecting the cause of GI bleeding and how good CT is. Lower GI bleeding accounts for about a quarter of cases of GI hemorrhage. Vast majority vary from chronic to intermittent blood loss to severe acute blood loss. And these patients are more into chronic blood loss, typically. Overall mortality rates range from 4 to 5 percent but can be up to 23 percent depending on age in a patient with GI bleeding. So when you're talking about just tumors, this one article talks about the common cause for imaging was indeed small bowel bleeding. And they were fairly successful in detecting the source of the bleeding. And let me show you some examples. Vascular lesion in the patient's proximal jejunum Could be a carcinoid, but I don't see a desmoplastic reaction carcinoids do not have desmoplastic reaction. Another example, same case, MIP imaging. See how vascular that lesion is? Look how easy it is to see that lesion. Classic for a gist tumor. You can think of carcinoid, but gist. Another example here, this looks like the lesion is exophytic, which it is, it's growing exophytic. It's vascular, it's only 2CM, but this is a classic appearance again of a small bowel gist tumor, very vascular, and these patients presented with bleeding. This example is a case of a patient who was worked up for GI bleeding, and it was a CT that found the mass. Another example here, look at this mass coming off the fourth portion of duodenum. Looks like a node, vascular. This was also a gist tumor, very nicely shown there, and then very nicely shown when you go to the coronal view. Again, think about this case, really look at this case a little bit longer and you see how that lesion is exophytic, how it's vascular MIP imaging and volume rendering in this case work indeed very, very nicely in that regard. Now you can see another example, here's a vascular lesion, level of the ampulla, very nicely shown. And again, you could argue, how do I know it's not a duodenal adenocarcinoma? too vascular. How do I know it's not a neuroendocrine tumor? Too exophytic. How do I know it's not pancreas growing in? Can be difficult at times, but I think with experience, you know, you should be able to separate those two possibilities. And here's just one more set of images showing you nicely the lesion and the vessel supply. We have this example again, same thing, vascular lesion. Uh, Again, what else could it be? Carcinoid? but there's no desmoplastic reaction, exophytic. you're really going with that uh, possibility. Now, occasionally, which means like I've seen two cases, as in this example, just can intersuscept. You see the crescent here. That is indeed very, very unusual. Um, That's because I think we don't sit on uh, um, just tumors when they're small anymore like we used to. Patients are often getting therapy. Intersusception is an unusual entity. We don't see it that frequently. You can have intermittent intersusceptions, but when you look at this case, you realize it's not intermittent, and you see an enhancing lesion there. This patient did have on and off GI bleeding. Just a very, very nice example of a small gist causing an intersusception. Now, in saying the appearances can be variable, here's a small bowel gist tumor. Aggressive, this patient has liver metastasis. GIST tumors are one of the things that give cystic metastasis. In the liver, you can see the neovascularity here, again, an extensive tumor. Another example here, liver metastasis, distal bowel tumor, solid, necrotic, calcified. This is a gist tumor. Again, the large commanding appearance of the tumor is something to recognize. And when just tumors metastasize, they go to liver, or they go to omentum and mesentery. In liver, they're often cystic and necrotic. Just a couple last comments. Surgery still remains the mainstay for treating these tumors, particularly when they're isolated without metastasis. Laparoscopic resection can often be done. Um, tyrosine kinase inhibitors are first-line therapy for patients who are poor surgical candidates. We talk about Gleevec. We talk about the use of adjuvant neotherapy to help shrink these tumors. Um, we also mention uh, the fact that um, when you're looking at some of the surveillance, some people suggest surveilling every uh, three to six months. Low-grade small tumors may have scans at every six to twelve months, and patients who are receiving chemo um, will be getting it a bit more frequently. So what I've Gone through with you is just tumors. We've spoken about the various opinions and appearances in the small bowel, some of the difficulty in making the diagnosis when lesions are small. The lesions can but typically don't obstruct. GI bleeding is common. It can simulate other tumors, particularly when they're in the duodenum, simulating pancreatic lesions. Again, the lesions can easily be missed. If you think about it, all the cases I showed you were done with fast IV injection and water. And we see the lesions in great part because they stand out. So protocols become very critical. Uh, Again, um, when you're doing these tumors, you want to be doing dual-phase imaging because the metastasis to liver are often only seen on this phase. And with that, I'll stop there. And thank you very much for your attention.